Welcome, welcome to the League Scenes. Look at round 17 of the NRL season. My name's AJ Luke Antonio. I do League Unlimited, work with the front row, and do the stats with stats perform. Joining me, as always, is the man who reads the news, 2SM's Reese Sullivan. Reese, I decided to change up the intro. How are you going, my friend? I, I like that one. That one is good. Um, yeah, well, you know, I'm doing pretty well, all things considered, with the Brisbane Broncos, but we will touch on that later. Yeah, we will get on to that. Uh, on the program, we're going to go through all seven games. We're going to look at the ladder, do our lower grade report, because that's what we like to do. Then we're going to go through Supercoach and award our lower care of the week. So, without further ado, we're going to get straight into it. Warriors 48, Dragons 18. Now, this game was evenly poised midway through the first half until three tries in seven minutes of play blew the Dragons and Ben Hunt back out to the Wollongong Ocean. Uh, I don't think Ben Hunt was spending too long in the Wollongong Ocean, that's for sure. I think he was more trying to migrate to Southeast Queensland. The canals of the Gold Coast? Or maybe just straight to the Brisbane River, who knows? <laughs> so let's go through this game. I thought the Warriors started really well, and I think they had this really good tempo throughout the game. And even though they had a couple of things go against them, they're still able to go through a DWZ picking up Four tries, and some of those efforts, man, I was, like, thinking, have we got rookie DWZ back? Yeah, I, I made a comment, you know, how good is it to see these players that have been sort of tossed out of the game for a little while seem to be, like, you know, mature and stuff, just grow up and start getting back into that first grade level. And DWZ is an example of that, you know, four tries, only the eighth player in Warriors history to do that. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's excellent to see. 100%, my friend. Another one that's had a bit of a career renaissance, Chance. He's done really well. Like, 25 runs, 198 metres, three line break assists, two try assists. Uh, also, Jackson Ford, found a bit of a revenge game for him, scoring against his old club. Looked good on that edge. Uh, the Dragons did hit back. They got it to... They had the lead, 6-4, and after the Warriors dominated field position, you kind of felt that this game was on tenor hooks. And they also took advantage of that controversial no-try where Jackson Ford was deemed to have obstructed. Yeah. That one was an interesting one. But I think at the end of the day that if you catch the ball anywhere near the inside and run around, even if you have someone as brain-dead as McKaylee Ravawala making a defensive decision, you're screwed, aren't you? Yeah, it's such a black and white the inside, outside shoulder. So you have to make sure you get that 100% right. 100% Flendo Mundo. Uh, and of course, they just went absolutely red hot in that second half. DWZ picking up three of his four tries in the second half. Shaw Johnson continuing this career renaissance. We've banged on about it for so long. Really good to see him back at his best. Uh, one line break, two do try reckon, assists. Do you, do you reckon, AJ, he might be a smoky for especially now with Cleary injured, half back of the year. It'll depend how the Warriors have polled, and it'll depend how some of the individual players have gone. Like, I think in this one, DWZ will get a swag of the votes. They'll probably take yeah. off him a little bit. Uh, but I think in some of those other games, like I look back to the Dolphins game, for instance, and definitely will poll quite highly. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think in the Warriors' wins, he would have been the one getting consistent votes, which goes a massive way to winning those awards. Yeah, now I know Broncos Twitter are going to come at me quicker than they did today, but 
I think Adam Vanilla Blake's the best front runner in the competition. There we go. Just like, rip the band-aid off, why don't you? Like, I'm, I'm not doing it to piss you off. I'm just saying that across the board, as far as consistency, game after game, you look at the Warriors' forward leaders and Adam Vanilla Blake is there. He's even doing it with support, believe it or not. Like, he's getting the help from Harris. He's getting the help from Ford. But he's still running over 150 metres a game. Like, I look back at that effort against the Warriors in round 13. He ran for 264 metres. Well, hold on. Let's, let's look at the stats. I'm going to try and find the stats on this stupid NRL app. All right, so post-contact... I've got meters. AFB's line here. Okay. So I've just got the whole like, season stats. So post-contact meters, Payne Haas has 68 more, and Haas has played less games, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, offloads, Haas has... 31. Vanilla Blake's got 17. Vanilla Blake got 17. Um, let's keep on scrolling. I want to try and find run meters if I can. Uh, I might take a quick pit stop in defense just to see who's ahead there. Vanilla Blake's got 2,504 if that helps. Well, actually, the NRL app has him at 439. Alright, I'll just get it up on my computer then. Yeah, um, and I can't see Haas in the top 50, so... Yeah, yeah they're actually on the same running metres. Okay, Mate? I found it. Uh, no, they're not. Uh, after, today's up, after today's game, Haas goes to 2,637, while AFB is 2,504. And again, he's played one more game. Yeah, I just think like in terms of the app, the the impact that AFB can bring to a side, and I know it's very similar with Payne Haas. I'm not trying to dispute that, but I just think the way AFB picks the entire team off the canvas with him, regardless of where they're at at the moment. Like I look at, we'll get to the Broncos take a little bit later, but I thought their pack got a little bit intimidated out there today, without Tino in that side. We'll talk about that later, like we said. Um, Let's get back to this game, though, with the war- with the Dragons. Um, how much time do we have to dedicate to this? <laughs> I'll give it a few more minutes. Um, let's go. Um, look, that was pathetic out there. Your fans deserve better. Your players deserve better. And I think Ben Hunt has held this club to absolute ransom. And whether he gets his release to go to the Broncos or not, I think sets a very... Interesting precedent. However, I get at one hand why Ben Hunt wants to go, but I think the manner in the way he's held the tide, or not the Titans, the Dragons to ransom, has been pathetic and shameful. Look, I disagree. Here's here's why. Because look, Ben Hunt came here, sitting to the Dragons, marking sign. Okay. Yes. Have done nothing to give him a even push for the finals. Their idea of giving him a marquee teammate was re-signing Jack DeBellin, aka he who shall not be named. Um, and then, you know, since the, since he signed with the Dragons, they've made two finals appearances. They've been close. At the end of the day, enough is enough. He 
committed to they gave a commitment to him that Anthony Griffin was going to see out the entirety of 2023. They were going to give Griffin due course to prove himself for the future. That did not happen. If it, it, you know, the Dragons earlier this season, they turned around and forced Aaron Woods out of the club uh, because they needed salary cap relief or whatever they wanted to make the excuse for. They wanted to bring in um, Viliami Fafida and Tumavaki. Exactly. So how's it okay for the Dragons to not show loyalty towards Aaron Woods, but it's Ben Hunt? I get that side of it. I really do. I just think that when we're looking at loyalty, and loyalty is a very dangerous word. I mean, I hate the whole concept of it because... It is the most stupidest code, which is so inconsistently adhered to. So I just think with Benny Hunt and Reese is probably a much happy camper that the Broncos are queuing up to get him. Um, when is this deal meant to be formalised again? Just to make our listeners in the loop. Uh, which which one? So Hunt. Uh, to go to the Broncos. Yes. Uh, the Broncos will be meeting with the Dragons tomorrow to start the discussions for a release. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it could be finalised by tomorrow. It could be finalised by Tuesday, which would allow him to be in the team for the Dolphins. Realistically, I see this dragging on for about a week. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a tough week. And I think, do you see Ben Hunt playing New South Wales Cup this week? I can, but at the same time, I was a cock because. The Dragons are in a really bad situation with this because you can't turn around and drop your captain because he wants out. It's just a really, really bad precedent for other players who might be looking at signing with the Dragons. Yeah, I just think at the same time, though, everyone's got to be accountable for their own on-field performance. But would you say Hunt's on-field performance? I know he was pretty bad against the Warriors, all things considered, but so was the rest of the team. So how many players do you go to drop to that side? I get that side of it, but clearly he doesn't want to be there. The Dragons are trying to get rid of him. It, it will be an interesting aspect that I can see dragging on for weeks. I just don't see... I don't, I don't think it drags on for weeks. I think we'll know this week whether he's leaving or whether he's done. Yeah. I think if the Broncos can't get a deal done this week, there won't be a deal that gets done. Just remember we're dealing with the Dragons front office. I know who we're dealing with. But then again, don't forget that the Broncos did release Jack Bird to the Dragons. Those kinds of favours do go a long way in rugby league. Yeah, and especially now, but I think that having Dave Donaghy there, a massive boost in these negotiations for the Broncos. Definitely. He's done this before. I mean, think about Brett Finch. That's a name we do not, that we no longer say on this podcast. Well, we'll talk about the footy side of him, not the um, other side of him. Okay, okay, okay. I just want to make sure we do, we do not we do not just bring up him out of context, especially considering his past. I've said the two names we aren't supposed to say. Yes. Okay. Yes, it was it was um he cannot be mentioned's two hundredth game, and he did try his head off, made fifty five tackles, ran the ball sixteen times, but. Realistically, no one in this dragon side was going forward. 
Uh, Terrell's, um, Mikhail Rabawala, um, it was nice to see the purple patch, but you came back to earth with a thuttering thud. <laughs> yeah, but I think Dragons next week take on the Sharks. Oh, Jesus. Sharks off the bike, too. That's not going to be fun. Thursday night at Shark Park with Nico in good form. Captaincy choice is easy for Supercoach this week. Very, very Me- Yeah, that'll be interesting. For the Warriors, they have a juicy matchup against CF Sydney on Friday night at home. That'll show us where the Warriors are because with the top form stats have shown, they're definitely vulnerable. I mean, we saw that today. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, if the Warriors can beat South, that shows that they are there with the big dogs. 100%, Frendo Mundo. Uh, Paramount 48, Dolphins 20. Um, let's just get this nice and started. The Dolphins open proceedings with a try in the third minute of play to debutante Braden McGrady. Always good to see debutante cross the stripe. Yeah, it reminds me of Fletcher Baker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lordy, lordy, lord. What a fall from grace that man had. But... Uh, Parramatta were able to cross and dominate the rest of the first half in brutal fashion. The Dolphins didn't even look in the fight for the remainder of the first half. They were down 42 points to four at half time. They put together a series of 42 unanswered points. Uh, tries beginning in the sixth minute, going all the way to the 38th, including three in five minutes. But, mate, is this Parramatta attack back? Yeah, but just quickly... What is it with Hamaso, Tabuifino, and scoring these spectacular long range tries when he's down by 30 points? He's done it twice, two weeks in a row now. Yeah, he has. I mean, he's, he loves a long range as um, Tabuifino, but we'll get onto the Finns in a second. But for Parramatta, Will Penasini was great. Uh, the whole team was great. Uh, nice to see Brendan Hands play close to 80 minutes, and I think we're starting to see. The long-term plan of where he fits in this Parramatta seven-day. Yeah, exactly. It's it took him a little while to work his way, you know, build up that rapport with Brad Arthur, that trust. So now that he's able to be the undisputed sort of dummy half, I think it's pretty clear to everyone that he's working a lot better next to Mitchell Moses. That Dave Hodge or Josh Hodgson wants. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I know, you know, there's a player that Power would love to have in that spot that they don't for obvious reasons. Um, so I'm not going to do a third one there, AJ. Yeah, um, 100%. Um. <laughs> but what they have, I thought Dijon Arty did his job. Mm-hmm. And making work with what they have. But I will say that second half of Parapata does concern. What do you mean? The fact that they couldn't go on with it? Yeah. Only scoring six points in the second half. If okay. you're going to... Like, Power obviously right now, they're going to be a team with top eight aspirations. They've shown it the last few weeks. If they're going to be a final seed, they're going to be a team that they think they can go back to where they were last season and get that extra win. But uh-huh. if you want to do that, you need to be... Especially because Parra are a team that will score and they don't particularly defend very well. 
if you're that kind of team, you need to be able to score consistently. You can't score a lot of points in the first half and then nothing in the second half. Big teams will eat effort. you alive. Big teams will just eat you alive. Yeah, and... Um, Moses, I thought, did well backing up from Origin. A couple of errors. I mean, Dejan Arce with two try assists, two line break assists. I thought there was a couple of times there where they had opportunities in the red zone. The play kind of died with him a little bit. Gaffo made a couple of errors chanting his arm. Uh, Mike Asiva was lucky to escape the wrath of the match review committee after picking up a fine for a raised elbow, which wasn't penalised on field, and Parramatta proceeded to score their second try from. Yeah, I don't understand how a player can be put on the board, but then the referee will just allow play to continue. Do I do we want to know who the referee was? Goff. That explains it. <laughs> and also Matt Noyan is in the bunker and he's the worst bunker official in the game. Um on a defense, what was his game plan? They were having a hooker by committee in the first Stages with Isaiah Katoa and Cody Nikarima before they threw Harrison Graham out there. Like, what did they expect to happen? Uh, it, that was just the Wayne Bennett typical, uh, you know, trickery. We'll name three halves, and that way you can't figure out who's actually playing hooker. It was a hooker by committee. Yeah, exactly. The reality of the situation is. They just gave up so much around the rock. And then at the same time, the three halves were sort of just looking at each other going, well, who has to defend in the middle? Which one of us is going to have to shift into the middle to defend? And that's where Parramatta, especially in that first half, were just able to pick them apart. Yeah, I felt sorry for Isaiah. Really sorry for him. He's been thrown into the deep end this season. Like, yeah. We debated yeah. it during the World Cup about would Wayne Bennett throw him in the deep end? And you said no. I said Wayne Bennett would, and I think it's come back to hurt Isaiah here, and it's a shame. Yeah, I said it's, he probably shouldn't be given that chance in first grade. He should be given a few weeks in reserve grade before he gets thrown in first grade. And I think now, with the fact that, you know, it's, it's such a long season in the NRL, and it's skills even longer when you're playing first grade, I think he is starting to feel the effect of those rookie legs just not being able to be as fresh week in, week out as they were at the start of the season. Which is a shame because he's shown so much promise this year. Hmm, exactly. He's shown those flashes that made him such a highly rated youngster at Penrith. But I just mm-hmm. don't think he's been able to have that consistency that you expect from a first grade halfback, especially one in a Wayne Bennett coach team. Yeah. Uh, Dolphins did well, able to save face in the second half. Valence de Fale picked up a try. Uh, Val Meninga, the cult hero status, lives on for Val. Uh, elsewhere, their forwards were just completely and utterly dominated, with the exception of maybe Felice Kafusi. Uh, Josh Kerr looked okay in his first stint as a Finn, but a long way to go for the Dolphins now. Next week, they take on the... I think they've got you blokes at the Gabba. Yeah, they do, at the Gabba. Uh, the, the home away from home, we might be, and I say might be having a few special guests next week to recap the inaugural Gabba field trip. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully. Hopefully. I look forward to bringing them in. Hopefully. I mean, I'm going to get invaded by Reese's friends from the north, but... Hey, we'll, we'll, gonna... make sure we invite, we'll make sure we invite us at some point. Yeah, we got. I've got to have some support eventually. <laughs> 
Who knows? I might invite one of our loyal listeners, Denny, on board. She deserves a strong appearance when the time comes. She's been maybe, one of our... Maybe for Roosters versus South, we can book that in for. Maybe. I need some support with the season we're having. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Penrith 20, Newcastle 12. Uh, the Baby Panthers looked really, really good. Like, let's be real. The bar was set very low when you were playing the Knights. Ouch. Do I need to say much more? Ouch. We beat them last week. They made us look competent. <laughs> yeah. I'll get on to my Adam O'Brien criticisms in a moment, but the game for Newcastle was summed up by a short dropout seven minutes before halftime. <laughs> you do all the hard work. You get the ball back in play. And then Dane Gagai turns into a low cow, fumbles the football, and Tyrone Peach is able to do a swan dive, which I really need someone to do a shooting star edit of the swan dive. Just goes, I remember when people turned around and said um, Slater did the wrong choice picking Tabby Wipedo over Gagai. I remember those times. Hmm. Very short-lived. I remember those times very fondly. Yeah. They were very, very short-lived. But, yeah, you know, Gagai this season hasn't looked like himself. And I've seen people turn around and say he was playing in really good form. But I don't think that's true, personally. Fair enough. I mean, I'm just looking at Trent Robertson's press conference quotes and I want to cringe. Tell me, tell me some of them. Play them on me. We created some opportunities but couldn't ice enough of them. We didn't ask enough questions in the first half. We're getting closer to nailing our attack. Bloody hell, he could be saying the same thing about any game this season. Trent, at least use a thesaurus. Give us something new, mate. <laughs> Give me something new. Oh. You know, I'm just going to put this out there. Frank Robinson doesn't seem like a coach that really understands how to handle losing. I'll get on to my thoughts on Robbo in a second, yeah. but back onto the game at hand. Um, Newcastle, for a while now, they're turning into the modern-day North Sydney Bears. Where they were winning games that they sh- they were losing the un- the winnable, if you get what I mean. Yeah, yeah. And that's now three games in on the trot that they should have iced. They should have beaten the Broncos. They should have beaten the Roosters. And realistically, with how many players Penrith had uh, on the sideline, this should have been a win as well. Well, Penrith had five million dollars worth of salary cap on the sideline. My point playing, exactly. They were literally playing half their first grade team. And they still walked away with a victory where they were never really challenged. They they made Tyro Peachy look passable. Do you know how hard that is? <laughs> but I will say, Isaac Tongo is back in a big way from his injury. 10 tackle breaks, 258 metres. Jesus, this bloke is an underrated beast. Yeah, do you... Do you think that Tango really went under the radar because 
people were giving. I missed half of that. Did you say you flew under the radar from Croydon? Yeah. That's right, because people are giving boys in May. Just because you had the, oh. two young, you had the two young Penrith players in May and Tango, and I feel mm-hmm. like May really took a lot of that spotlight. I don't think I don't think that's too far from the truth. And you look at his stats since coming back, he's eased his way in 117 meters against um the Dragons, 157 against the Easts, 136 against Cowboys, 247, and I think that's his most in a game. So that is incredible stuff from Isaac. Um but I think you're hundred percent right there. I think having Taylor May gone has really helped Isaac Tonga. He had Ten tackle breaks against the Knights. That's his most this season. His second best was seven against Manly. So he's doing incredibly well. Uh, but I tend to agree. Um, Dylan Edwards, I'll say this now. New South Wales number one, 2024. Yeah, fair enough. Has to be at this point. I've seen enough from Tedesco. Yeah. I mean, the next question, the realistic question, it shouldn't be now who's going to be, like, is it Tedesco versus Edwards fullback for New South Wales? The it's Edwards v. Gaffo. Not only that, but the question we should be asking is who is going to be the captain of New South Wales in 2024? Cam Murray. Cam Murray, Isaiah Yo, probably one of those two. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past Yo either. Um, I'm also liking what I'm seeing for Jack Cogger. Taking the game by the scruff of the neck, some really big defensive players. I look at that break that Dom Young made down the sideline where he made that tackle, forced him over the sideline. That was a really critical point of the game that really gave some momentum back into this Newcastle side. But uh, on to the Knights, where do we begin to dissect this team, mate? Well, I mean, let's start with the opposite I'm not going to say positive, positive. And like that usually is for the night, it's Kaelin Ponga. Because he is trying his heart out for this team. Like, he is... I know the meters weren't there, but he was getting targeted so heavily by the Panthers because he was the only one really being aggressive and trying to do stuff. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, surely you're concerned with the fact Ponga has the Dom Young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, he also had more runs than Bradman Best too. So that shows just how, you know, in all sorts that Newcastle backlight is. Um, yeah. Marju, as usual, was very good. But really, other than that, everyone's sort of open to criticism. You know, you could leave Frizzell out too because he went backing up. But everyone else, there was some very poor performances in this night team. You know where I'm looking straight away? Whereabouts? Adam Elliott's 12 missed tackles. Uh, yeah, that's a count. Dylan uh, Lucas tried though. I, I, I will say Dylan Lucas did try 47 tackles on that edge. They did target him, and he did very well. I thought he aimed up. Look, I'll be realistic here. As much as I love the bloke, right, you're not going to win a lot of games with Tyson Gamble in the hole. 
that's new, one of Newcastle's biggest issues at the moment. What do you do? Do you play Clune? Do you bring in Lockie Miller at six? What do you do? I would play Clune. I would give Clune back because I think his game works very nicely next to Jackson Hastings. It allows Hastings to be a bit more aggressive, which we saw a lot of at the Tigers. We haven't seen much at the Knights. So I think if Hastings can take that line on a bit more, it does bring a new dynamic to the Knights that, you know, right now they're not able to show. Yeah, important to note that Adam Clune leads the knock-on effect New South Wales Cup with four 40-20s kicked this season. Nice little stat. It is a nice little stat because Mark Carroll and the commentary team keep bringing it up whenever they do a Knights game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but well, I do agree about Yeah, They did sing hot potato this week. Uh, but someone who was um, doing the hot potato action open-handed and slapping was Jack Everington. Jackie, I was waiting to see when we get Hezro aggro moment. To be fair, it is round seventeen, so he has learned. Still can't control his temper very well, unfortunately. I do think there was a bit of an initiating slap from Isaac Tungor, but come on, man, keep your cool. Turn retaliate. Mhm. Yeah, that's, that's not one rule. Um, yeah. Um. But yeah, while he was in the bin, well. Panthers scored one try. Yeah, I thought that one was a bit contentious because you had Salmon reach out for the line. I didn't think there was an angle there that supported the on-field decision, but when it's in that situation, you've got to go with the evidence of the on-field officials. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, For the Knights, though, I think Adam O'Brien is on very, very, very thin ice, and he's got to be up for... Scrutiny as far as his future, in my opinion. Hundred percent. I don't understand. I don't know how many more chances you can give him. Like, what's the what's the excuse now? Brayley's injured. That can't be the excuse. He is. He's finito. That's <laughs> the best way to put it. Like, I genuinely don't see O'Brien lost over the next four times. Who needs a coach in the Super League? Let's have a look and see who's struggling. <laughs> he, could, he could go to... Uh, uh, what's their face? Wakefield. Wake, Wakefield, Castleford. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Melbourne 24, Manly 6. And can we just start this off? I want to preface this very early. Every time these two teams play, stop shoving the battle of Brookie down my fucking throat. It's been 12 years. Get over it. (laughs) We're never going to see it happen again. And for good reason. The last time we got anything remotely close was when Curtis Scott was doing a duty for Australia, punching Dylan Walker's head in. And we all supported him. He did get sent off, but I think everyone was going to pay the suspension fee. However, onto this game... I miss when we didn't. I miss when we didn't realize, learn that Curtis Scott was actually a dickhead. <laughs> Still is a bit of a dickhead, but <laughs> uh, Manly looked good to start this game. A clever kick from DCE set up Amoliola Kawatu for a try, but that would be the end of their scoring. Uh, from about the, I did the Manly stats, so fucking good riddance to me. Um, 
<laughs> the attack. I can't. Th- I can't think of anything worse to spend the Saturday nights doing. Having having to explicitly watch Manly play football. Poor bastard. I felt sorry for the bloke next to me. He was a Manly supporter doing the running meters. He wanted to punch the screen in. <laughs> he was so happy before the game too, because Saab and Ko Weeks weren't playing. To be fair, even if they were playing, it wouldn't have saved Manly at all. It would probably made it even worse. That's what I mean. But <laughs> um, they did get a lovely try when... I'm oh, sorry, Melbourne did get it back in the game after their early slow start. Will Rawbrick, what about that flick pass? Hey, how long have I been singing Warbrick's praises for? Been a while on the show. I've been, I've been on the Warbrick train. Good to see it finally bear fruit. Toot, the, kid, toot. The, kid, the kids have done. You know, mm-hmm. he is, he's finally showing what he can do at a first grade level. And it's such a great dynamic for the Storm to have with Warbrick on one wing and Xavier Coates on the other. Two very different types of wingers that just both play their roles so effectively. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, even though they're very, very different, they're, they're very, very similar players. Yeah. They just fit perfectly in that Melbourne system. You know, it, I, I still think it's nowhere near as good as Vunavalu at a car was, but it's not an overly de- massive downgrade either. Yeah, and I thought Manly did well to hang in there until half time, and then you let the cat out the bag. Jonah Pezzett, uh scores off that grubber kick that got into 10 6 at half time. You had an opportunity. Just after halftime, because Aaron Penne decides to lift his knees into a very painful part of the male anatomy. <laughs> it was very... It was very, very difficult for Lockie Croker, the poor mate. It's not good to get him the Jacks Crackers. It's happened to all of us. All of us men, that is. It's been very painful, but... Yeah, Penne, a very lucky boy to escape with a fine. Yeah. Exactly. I, I I do think it's uh, a bit interesting they graded it as a dangerous contact charge and not murder of a future generation. Yeah, 100% right, my friend. But from there, uh, Melbourne again struggled. Um, sorry, not Melbourne. Manly again struggled. They got a penalty, and then Sean Kepi did Sean Kepi things and knocked on. Sean, mate, I love you for my super coach team. You fill a very important hole in my side, a reserve front rower, but not good. Yeah, that was out. Yeah. Uh, to steal a quote to remind me of my Chinese friend, ugly. <laughs> and then... <laughs> and then... That's not the worst thing that happened for Melbourne. You got you allowed Nelson to stop for Solomon to only run through, but to step the fullback. Nelson. To be fair, it could have been worse. If Tom Toyrich was a fullback, he probably would have torn his groin in that process. So Yeah. Uh-huh. Always look at the brighter side of life. Yeah, hundred percent Frendo Mundo. Uh sixteen six that left it, but then the things just got worse for me. Did you see Ray Vegas attempt to catch the ball? 
I love I've that you a... used the word attempt. Hey, I mean, I've got a new um rendition of a classic. That they get bus and Carmen, and everyone's off the bus. <laughs> Man. Brooke Val to Amy Park, we're going off together. You gotta have you gotta you gotta bring extra classic, right? Get off the bus. This isn't live and clearing. This is not even clear. Get off the bus. Hey, do you believe that I actually came up with that on the spot? <laughs> not bad. Not bad. I did. Touche, my friend. But the rest of the game, Melbourne picked up a late try with Xavier Coates deciding to fly. And I mean fly through the sky. Holy shit. That was incredible. Yeah. So, um, like I said to um, a good friend of the show, Haley, at once upon a time, the Xavier Coates experience. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but for Manly, they take on the Roosters next week. We're going to play these bastards in a form. Hang on, they actually, no. The 2pm game, definitely a tank bowl, but not Manly v Roosters. Bulldogs Knights, definitely a tank bowl. Oh, yeah, definitely. But anyway, we've got to move on. Fernando Amundo, is there anything else you wanted to touch on this game? Uh, no, not really. I think it's great. It's great to oh well, it's not great really to see Melbourne getting back into form. But having Jonah uh, Pezzett as that handy backup's good though. Oh, I'll tell you what. If you're a first grade team, you need to be getting on to his manager, trying to work out what you need to do to get him on your team. He's first grade. He's first grade ready. He doesn't deserve to be sitting behind Munster and Hughes. Yeah, um, but before we move on to the next game, it is time for this week's edition of Schuster Watch. This week, 655 metres, 10 post contact metres, one line break assist, one tackle break, a play the ball speed of 4.32 seconds, the slowest in the whole team. Yeah, one offload, the most touches in the whole team, 59. 73% tackle efficiency, four kicks, one error. Have a day, Joshy boy. Well done, Josh. Well done. Making that, showing that money's worth it and actually turning Benji Marshall off you. Incredible. <laughs> Uh, and speaking of manly, speaking of man, oh no, I'll say that for my low cow of the week because that has got me in fucking stitches, that trade. Yeah, fair. <laughs> that has got me in stitches. But anyway, uh, Reese, you're welcome to leave the podcast. Titans 18, Broncos 12. Now, 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 uh, I'm not going to say a single word at the moment apart from this sentence. You play down to your competition. And was horrifically outplayed. Reese, the floor is yours. I'm going to disagree with that. I think the problem was we tried too hard. We tried to score on every possession, and a lot of it didn't work. We had the penalty, which Walsh decided to do a chip kick for. <laughs> um, we had the 
the uh, wide side raid. Oh no, it was like false tackle, and Reynolds decided to put a kick in for Cobo, which went about 15 meters too deep. Um, and then obviously, end of the game, Corey Oates kicking back on the inside, and it looked like he was trying to drill a Nathan Merrifield goal with how close <laughs> it went to the sticks. Um, <laughs> look, let's talk about the players. A lot of criticism went to, obviously, Reese Walsh. I'm going to disagree. I thought Walsh played well, all things considered. Yes, he had a considerable number of mistakes. But and told was... the referee that he was a C next Tuesday. No, he told an opposing player. If you listen to the audio, you can hear the change in tone of voice. He's being very gentle talking to the ref. And then he says what he said. Talking to the ref. In that oh, hang on. I've just seen... I've just seen um Fox, uh, I've just seen um Jay's um snip of the thing. Yeah. And I like Reese Walsh not even realizing that the capital W is on the W. <laughs> but look, you know, all I'm gonna say is when he was 14 years old. I don't think he had much time for basic English education. <laughs> but, uh, um, but you go on, sorry. So, okay. My big prison, I haven't spoken about him while we're winning because there's no, been no reason to rock the boat. But Herbie Farnworth, we have to talk about him. His, okay. meters, his meters have been really good, obviously. I think there's no disputing that. But holy shit, he doesn't know how to pass the ball to the winger. Like, there was at least two tries that went begging because the ball got to Herbie and never got to Corey Oates. Do you know how many passes he had today? How many? Take a guess. Well, I know he had two offloads. Two offloads, yep. I'm going to guess three. Two passes, two offloads. Fucking hell, man. Uh, yeah. And I, you know, the thing with with Herbie, Dean Mariner's right. Dean Mariner showed he can play first grade. Is this, your, is this your Nafu White moment? It's close. I'm not going to push the ledger too much. But obviously the concern now is we know what happened last year with the Broncos. They have to make sure they avoid repeating it. Mm-hmm. Um, the Broncos' attack, basically since Magic Round, has been pretty bad. Uh, they've won a lot of games because of the defense. And that's all well and good, obviously. You want to have a team that's an excellent defensive team. You know? The saying goes that offense sells tickets, defense sells championship battles. Mm-hmm. All right. But you've got to have the offense to go with it. We can't be holding teams to 18 points and not winning games. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam Reynolds just really needs to stop overthinking. I know he's probably still stuck on last year where he had to carry this team through thick and thin. But he doesn't have to do that anymore. He can just relax a little bit more, play more to his natural game, which obviously we, we both know. He's incredible in certain rights. Mm-hmm. And then 
in contrast to that, I feel like Ezra Mann needs to be more aggressive. He can't just keep relying on being the second receiver. Can't just keep relying on running into spaces created by Reese Walsh. He needs to go in and be his own player, make it happen himself. Um, now on to the four, forwards, all right? Uh, Haas and Carrigan both get excuses because they're back around. Okay? Put that out there now. Fledlock, please get the fuck off my team. I don't want you here anymore. Okay, I'm going to be 100% honest. Okay, continuing on. Pakura, I thought, was okay. Had a fair few missed tackles. But, you know, he's not a defensive specialist. The Titans obviously targeted him a fair bit. Uh, He's not ready to be a starting edge back row. I think that's pretty clear. But obviously, with Cape Willat, he sort of has to be. Uh, yeah, I did the defensive stats today for Brisbane. So, if any questions, yeah. come it my way. Yeah. Um, Jordan Ricky, I think this was his worst game in a while. Uh, especially when it came to kick pressure. I thought he, he was really struggling to sort of have the impact he usually does. Um, CJ, first game back, didn't do much to move the ledger. Maybe Hetherington was all right without being spectacular. Marty was solid, but again, not spectacular. The hookers are concerned. And obviously, the first thought for a lot of people is, oh, well, it's okay because you're going to get Ben Hunt in the near future. Hunt will just go straight into the hooker. I genuinely think, especially with next week being the week leading into the bye, I genuinely think regardless of who we have at number nine, whether it's Billy Walters or Ben Hunt, our number 14 should be Blake Mojo. I think it's time on the to bite, I think it's time to bite the bullet. Let's see what he can do in first grade this year. Having him be able to play 20 minutes off the bench could genuinely change the course of the game. He's that type of player. You would have been able to see it a lot more than most people have played Queensland Cup. Yes. So I think it's time to bite the bullet. Smoothie, he's been consistent, but he just hasn't offered enough. And obviously we saw it saw at the Q Cup level a couple of weeks ago, but played Corey Pace. Yes, 100%. So, I think it's hard to bite the bullet. Um, you know, okay. Broncos as a whole. Dolphins next week. Dolphins have been in such a rut. Okay? This is the prime opportunity for this club to prove where they are. Their run for the next few weeks is... It doesn't look pretty. They have the Dolphins next week. Then they have the bye. Then they take on the Dogs at Belmore. Then they take on South of Sunshine Coast. And they take on the Chooks and the Gamma. All right. Those are some tough places to play and a tough team to face. Mm-hmm. So the Broncos are going to have to be on their A game. They're going to have to be a lot better than they were this week. They're going to be a lot better than they were against Newcastle. And, you know, Heavy's shows that he certainly knows this club can do better. Yeah, and that's I think the big point. Hopefully. Like that too. Yeah, uh, 100%. That's, my that's your piece. 
On to the Titans. Continuing to sack Justin Holbrook this week, and Jimmy Lenahan took over this joint on very short notice. What a fight back from this front office. And Carp Pereira's got some serious speed on him. He made Selwyn Cobbo look slow, and Selwyn's no slouch. I will say, I think Selwyn's still dealing with the hip injury. I, I, he didn't look 100% all game. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean... There's no denying that Kyle Pereira has some fucking wheels on him. That's for sure. Yeah. He has got some serious speed and more speed. Sami was good. Fodder Waker murdered your pack. I'm mm. sorry. It has to be said. He obliterated it. I don't understand why Kevy decided to have Wegler, Haas, and Carrigan all on the bench at the same time in the first half. One of them should have been on the field all times. Yeah, like, I think... What was it, that triple rotation early in the game? After... Yeah. Um, Carragher... So, Haas went off after 20 minutes. Flegler went off right after he scored his try. And then Carrigan went off not long after. Mm Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. Fair enough. And then you had Fafita doing the usual Fafita things. Um, and then, yeah, I think the Titans just came in with a really aggressive game plan. They got the job done, and they truly got rewarded with it. And at the end of the day, that's all you can ask for. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think there's no denying that the better team won on the day. It's, yeah. a, it's a reminder, not just to the Broncos, but to the league as a whole, Anyone can beat anyone. So, any no given Sunday, are, no games are guaranteed. Yeah, and also I might just add too, day games are still continuing to pose problems for the Broncos against the Titans. Yeah. Yes, um, I swear we haven't had a good day game since we pummeled Newcastle seventy-one to six. Yeah, I, I can't remember us ever doing well in the day outside of that game. Yeah, 100%, my friend. So, yeah. Obviously a rough result, but big chance to bounce back next week for the Broncos. Losing to the Dolphins would be a massive wake-up call, but I also think it would show that this team isn't as good as they're maybe cracked up to be. Where are you going, down to Fraggle Rock? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, moving on, uh, Cowboys 31, Rabbitohs 6. Speaking about any given Sunday, how good did the cows look? Well, um, I think we're going to have to walk back some comments about Todd Payton. We might just have to do so. I'll wait a bit, though. I'll, I'll wait until the end of the season before I make a judgment. Yeah. Yeah, but let's go through. The first half was one of the biggest done halves I have seen in a long time. 5 nil. Are we playing in the 1970s? Jesus. We must be. I mean, that's just, was... that's just the trying to conversion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, I, I, do, I, I do admire... Chad Townsend just deciding to do a disrespectful field goal in the 39th minute of the game. 
Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely dunk first half, but at least the second half made up for it. Yeah, 100%, my friend. But for South Sydney, we'll get on to their game in a moment. Oh, we'll go on to their game now, actually. I thought attacking-wise, they really struggled. Just to get any sense of momentum, I thought Ilias kind of was a bit underwhelming, but what do you think? Uh, well, hopefully you are beginning to realise now how important Latrell is to this team. I am, but hear me out first. Latrell's important, yes, but for him to have such an overarching impact on the one team, not good. Sorry. Like, I just think that Trell, that, like, Cody should be doing a lot better. Yeah, I guess so. But, and, yeah. At the same time, though, you know, I feel like. All the good teams are built from their fullback. Right? The Broncos have Reese Walsh. The Panthers have Dylan Edwards. You know, obviously, Sass with the Troll. Melbourne, you know, they should have Pappenhausen, but Nick Meaney's been able to fill that role really, really well. Obviously, even going back further, the Roosters with Tedesco at their peak. Mm-hmm. You know, all playing off the back of the fullback. When that fullback goes down, it causes issues. And unless you have a guy like a Nick Meany who can come in and play the fullback role almost to perfection, you're really going to struggle. Yeah, 100%. Uh, but for the, for the rest of it, I thought Burgess was okay in the middle. Kalama Tungy and Murray tried to lift that side in the middle of the park. Uh, but just getting no support. Totola tried too. But... Is it all on South Sydney's shoulders here? Yeah, I mean, they're the ones that have to revive their season now. No mm-hmm. one else can do it for them. They're going to have to find a way, especially with no Latrell until possibly that Broncos game at the earliest. They're mm-hmm. going to have to find a way to lift because with how condensed this season is, you can't keep taking losses. Mm-hmm. Especially not at the level they've been losing these last couple of weeks. Yeah. So, Big yeah. time. On to the Cowboys. Uh, Drinkwater is outstanding. Free try assist to line break assist two line breaks. How good. Make sure you drink your water. <laughs> <laughs> that was an awful pun. But in all seriousness, I know we discussed a little bit earlier, Gutherson versus Edwards. Do you think Drinkwater could be a smoky for New South Wales fullback if they choose not to go with Tedesco? It'll depend on combinations. I don't think he's got the combination runs on the board that the other candidates have. Maybe they pick Chad Towns as a halfback. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, Drinkwater's really just turned around his whole season these last couple of weeks, hasn't he? Yeah. Fun to watch. Been a lot of fun to watch, and it certainly reinvigorated their attack. Did and looked good again uh, in the middle of the park. Uh, 
We touched on Finne Thuiaki last week, and have a great try from him. Yeah, Where do they keep finding the back rowers that just know how to get to the line? This one, I think, was a sevens convert from uh, Fiji. Wow. They... Shout out to the Cowboy Scouts. I don't know mm-hmm. what type of videotapes you look at, but whatever they are, they're the right ones. Mm-hmm. He does well. They do well. Val Holmes picking up 18 points. He was great again today. Uh, Nane looked all right. He, he's turning away from the catch and kick merchant a lot more with this season, which has been a nice change for Jeremiah. He's been looking very, very solid. Uh, defensively, uh, Luciano Lua was huge along with the backing up of Reese Robson. Uh, let's do it. Canberra 20, Roosters 18. Let's get this over quickly and as pain-free as possible. No joke, I'm going to rip these boys a new asshole. Look, the scoreline flat is Canberra. Like, they should have beat us by so much more. It wasn't even friggin' funny. Like, 18-0 down after 30... After half an hour is absolutely disgusting at the Roosters. Two tries off kicks. One, they had to go around us. So I'm not criticising our middle defence because I think our defensive structure has been getting a little bit better under Jake Friend. That's just my personal opinion. Shoot me if you want to. However, we were just so lackadaisical in our approach in attack. Like 47% possession. Okay. Clearly the stats haven't passed through integrity yet because it says we completed at 80%. That's a fail on the integrity. The Roosters at 80%? Yeah, I think that I, I don't think that'll go through fair play. I do not think that'll go through fair play. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the first thing Trent Robertson will pull up on the video review. Uh, but yeah, um, I'm sure everybody is here for one reason and one reason only for me to talk about the one Jay Tedesco. Yes, his time has come. Like all good heroes that come and go, I think it is time for our Lord and Saviour Teddy to head for the humble hill of rugby league purgatory. It is sad, but at the same time, it has been brewing for some time. I was talking to Reese off air about it. He has played so much football over the last four years that a period like this was inevitable to come. It's sad, but all legends have this period. And I think, as we've touched on all episode, there are other candidates for the New South Wales jumper that deserve their opportunity. Look, there is nothing wrong with a great player, especially one that's built their career off their speed off their ability to use their legs, falling victims upon the top. Mm-hmm. It's just a natural course of a rugby career. And anyone who wants to use that to slander Tedesco, to, you know, try to pick apart Roosters fans who back him, I think they need to get their head in order because it happens to your players too. And if it doesn't happen to your players, then that's because you're not loyal enough to keep them around until the end of their careers. Yeah, and I mean, I've been very careful of how to approach Teddy, and I've been very careful all year long, but I think now we've reached that point of the season. Point of no return, almost. Nearly. Yeah, it's at the point where, first of all, from Roos's standpoint, you're sort of starting to think that 
there's almost well, very minimal, almost just mathematical chance of making the top eight. Yeah. But then also from the Tedesco point, for his career as a whole, it's almost at the point where you just sort of turn around and say, how many years are left? Yeah, now let's go through the rest of the team because Sandon Smith was great. Luke Curie was great. Two tries to try assist for Sandon. Uh, Jake Turpin was good in his hour of play. He did go off with a rib injury. Hopefully he's okay. A few pins and needles will fix him all better. Victor Radley. My patience is wearing thin. I have backed you so much. And you keep on making me look like an absolute fucking fool every single week. It's a point where this is no longer a fluke. It's what we call a trend. Enjoy your holiday for hitting Croker High. Like that, that just summed up everything about the game. In a position, Teddy doesn't have his arms up ready to catch a football and Radley does a swinging arm to a falling Croker. It just summed up everything about the Roosters and it's disgusting this what season. What is it with him with the surname Croker getting cheap shots this week? Seriously. Yeah, it's not good, mate. But I'm just so angry because I sit here on a weekly basis talking about, oh, Victor's looking better. Oh, he's a cheap shot. Let's defend him. Three straight sip innings. A headbutt. This guy does not learn. He does not learn. It's not like with Jared where I can tolerate it. I tolerate it with Jared because he can somewhat play football. I can't tolerate it with you because you pass the ball 15 metres before the fucking line every time you touch the football. Do something. Fucking infuriates me, mate. Yeah, I'm lost for words to like, you know, I remember you defending him after that Broncos game where you got simbed twice, where everyone, yeah. everyone was, you know, he was the butt of every single joke in the rugby community, and you were sitting there defending him, saying that, you know, even though he obviously had a rough game, he was still going to be able to come out next week, just put it all behind him. Mm-hmm. To hear you completely switch up on him, unfortunately, it just shows the state of where the risks are right now, both in terms of the fact that this season hasn't gone to plan, but also the fact that the glory days of 2018 and 2019 effectively lying six feet down at the bottom of the Sydney Harbour Tunnel. You know where they are? They're at the same hopes of the Titanic. Yeah. They're about to get um, crushed by all the pressure of the ocean if they're not already. Mm-hmm. Big time, Frendo Mundo. But some praises for some guys. I praised Lindsay Collins I thought was good today. Uh, JWH was good. Nafu White took his opportunity with both hands, and I think he gets a bit more praise this week, having to play 54 minutes because of some injuries he had in the backs and in the forwards. I was really impressed with how he went. Terrell May looked solid, didn't look out of place. And even Drew Hutchison looked somewhat passable, filling in and allowing Sandon to play dummy half. 
Yeah, and obviously Joey Manu as well. I don't think you mentioned him. Yeah, thought, oh, fucking Joey Manu speaks yeah. to himself, mate. Yeah, I thought back in the senses, he just looked pretty much like where he naturally plays. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, at his best. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean... And? Yeah, I mean, where do the Roosters go from here, AJ? What do the Roosters need to do to steady the ship and go on a late-season run to try and make the top end? My truth? The whole truth and nothing but the truth? Let's, let's hear the truth. The whole truth, nothing but the truth, will still help your white ass. Thank you, Rana. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's look at it. Um, what I would like to see is probably different from Robbo's vision, but I think Manu needs to get more hands on in the red zone. He did that again today. He only had thirteen touches, but there were some periods there where he got himself in a good ball territory and actually looked okay. Um, keep the halves as is. We get Suali'i back next week, so that's probably the end of Junior Pauga's time in first grade, which is a shame. He's worked hard, but. So Ali'i will come back in and look a little bit more competent under the high ball. Um, Egan had a HIA. He failed, so he won't be back next year of this week. Cried and hurt himself. He's probably not going to be back. So we'll bring in Egan, uh, sorry, Nat and Satili to come straight back into those edge spots. It's good we can interchange them a little bit in a way. Yeah, in a very fucked up sort of way. But at the same time, I think we've got to bench Radley. Start white. It's clear that Radley... You need to earn your spot back in the side. And for him to be parachuted straight back in the starting team at the place of Nafu White is so insulting. It is so insulting, mate. Do you think Robbo has his favourite, the Pandas towards? You're asking me when I whinge about Drew Hutchison being first on the team sheet. Okay, alternatively, I'll ask you a a second question then. Do you think Robbo is biased towards the players he's won the premierships with. Somewhat, yes. So the guys like your Radley, obviously Radley's the greatest example, but also guys like Tupo, guys like... Oh, try me out. I'm not saying Tupo should be dropped, but it feels like there's been times where he hasn't been under the microscope as much as other players in that position should be. Yeah, Angus cried, and I mean, he got injured today, but even before that, I thought he was quite poor today. Um, yeah. He's still not right, and I think, I'm not in a position to say anything, but I think some doctors need to, the professionals need to make a good, a, a quicker thing, because his head's not in the game, for me, for mine. I think with Wrightson, this will be a big off-season for him to figure out where his head's at, and what his next step should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Uh, elsewhere, we got Manly next week. That's a big enough test for us. Uh, looking at the ladder, at the completion of the round in the Telstra Premiership, round 17 of the competition. A bit of a deeper dive this week. Uh, let's take a look. Penrith on top, followed by Brisbane. Melbourne all on 24 points, thanks to Brisbane slip-up today. Uh, Cronulla, Boaz, Canberra on 22. Parramatta, Souths, Gold Coast on 20. Cowboys, Jesus, that feels weird. Cowboys, Finns, Roosters on 18. Manly, 17. Newcastle, 15. 
Canterbury 14, Tigers 12, and Dragons 12. Jesus, this competition's closer than I thought. Jeez. But, yeah, so... Is that the Titans in 8th? Titans in ninth, South in 8th. Titans in ninth. so... But they're the only team so far to have a... a them and Cronulla are the only teams with all three buys gone. So they're playing okay. the season out. Okay, yeah. So they've had their bonus kitty already. They've had their bonus kitty already. Uh, on to the lower grade report now. Uh, this will be a bit more brief than normal uh, because we have gone a bit over time. No, it's okay because if they want to have an in-depth lower grade report, I would recommend, highly recommend checking out Darcy McDonald's report on foxwars.com, which will come out tomorrow. Yes, that's exactly right. Big friend of the show, Darcy, is. Uh, we recommend you check out her report. We only cover the brief here on the league scene. We don't cover it as much as what we want to, but we do enough so you guys at home have enough of an idea on what's going on in the second tier. But Darcy has a bit more time than we have, gets to collate up all the data. and she I also really... gets paid to do it. That too. Um, some stats like the Devils... South Logan game aren't in yet because we're doing that tomorrow. Yeah. That's tomorrow morning's job. But we are starting off in Queensland. Uh, Brisbane Tigers, 46. Ipswich, 24. Jerome Burns picking up two tries. Corey Thompson and Lever Apulu looked good for the East Tigers. Uh, Solomon Faatape had two line breaks, 208 metres. There, he's a Brisbane contractor player. Jordan Grant looked good, 147 metres from 13 carries. Uh, for Ipswich, uh, only Jerome Burns looks good. He picked up two tries. Uh, Reese Jacks continued to push hard out of the uh, hooker position. Uh, Clayton Mack and Gordon Whippy also looking quite good there too. Uh, Burley 36, uh, winner Manly 22. Uh, a bit of controversy here. Jeff Lynch and Joe Vuna got sent off for an all-in brawl. <laughs> yeah, uh, Keanu Keeney ran for 304 metres, picked up a try. Uh, Kia Perry picked up two tries. Uh, Jacob Alick looks strong on an edge. And Tyrone Roberts continues his comeback with Burley. Um, for Tweed, Toby Sexton, three goals. Picked up a line break assist and a try assist. Jermaine Spryan looks good at the back, 155 metres. And Joe Vuna only had 70 metres before being sent off for striking. Capra's 30, Cutters 22. Uh, Cutters don't have anyone in the affiliation, but uh, some players that did look good. Uh, Flynn Cavalieri picked up 160 running metres. Uh, Kurt Donoghue, 24 tackles, 188 running metres. So he's knocking on the door for Finn's selection. There's an ad, Kurt Donoghue. Uh, Nixon Port is off to Castleford in Super League next year. If the Dolphins are ever in need of a player, he can definitely make the leap, I think. Uh, Bailey Butler and JJ Felici also looking good there. Uh, Blackhawks, Pride. Pride won 26-6 and a bit of an upset. Uh, Blackhawks have all the NRL affiliated players. Pride have no one. And your favourite player of all time, Will Partridge in a pantry, picked up 18 of the 26 points. Um, a legend. Also, Podcast ran for 200 metres too. Podcast Hall of Fame. Ran for 200 metres. Daniel Highmarsh Tacky ran for 250 metres. That's another name. <laughs> okay. And for the Blackhawks, no one really of note. Uh, winner Manly, 28. Dolphins, 26. A Luke Gale try in the 72nd minute of play was enough to seal victory. Uh, a lot of the uh, Devils players that in that contract dispute went over to winner Manly. Jock Madden played his first game there today. 
He ran for 175 metres, two line break assists, two try assist. Dean Mariner, 13 runs, 195 metres, two Reese. There we go. Love, love to see that. And obviously, when I'm getting a little bit stronger, thanks to Norse Devils playing politics. By the way, I will just point out, uh, I did a bit of research this week. The big reason why the Broncos are so mad at what happened is because the Devils, the Seagulls, and the Ma- uh, Magpies, the South Logan, mm-hmm. all gave the Broncos a commitment last year that they would remain in the feeder system until at least the end of next season. So ah. the Devils broke that commitment to become the Dolphins' feeder team, which is obviously pissed off the Broncos just a teeny tiny little bit. Yeah. Uh, also, I know you don't like the bloke, but Palacia, 11 runs, 115 metres. And Jared Beal made a comeback with Winner Mealy today. Hey, there we go. Good, good on you, Jared. Uh, for the Dolphins, uh, Tessie New ran for over 200 metres. Mason Teague, a bit quieter game for him as far as running metres. Did make 29 tackles, had four misses, though. So not the best from Mason, but he did try his best. Uh, Robert Jennings ran for 112 metres. Jack Bostock, 165 uh, Max Plath running for 115 metres and making 29 tackles. Uh, Devils, 40. Magpies, 6. Jonathan Rubin picking up a hat-trick for the Devils and a bit of revenge over the Magpies. Again, those stats will be done tomorrow. Uh, hang on a moment. Blake Moser didn't play. That's interesting. Pakes and Hooker and Isaac Luke on the bench. Luke? Yes! I don't know. I just need to make sure that this is the same Isaac Luke. Yes, it is! Um, okay, can you send a message to Darcy to make sure she covers that? <laughs> oh my god, that'll be in the spotted section. <laughs> and then also, a bit of an upset, uh, Hunters 34, Falcons 10. Wait, that's a, that's that a, is Look here, the ladder, Burley on top on 26, South Logan 24, Wyndham 22, Brisbane, Northern Pride 21, Dolphins, Capras 20, Tweet Seagulls 18, PNG Hunters 15, Falcons 15, uh, Devils and Clyde, uh, Blackhawks 14, Clydesdales 8, Map Cutters 2, Ipswich 2 down the bottom of that ladder. The New South Wales Cup. Uh, Dragons 18, Warriors 16. Now, I did have a lol cow story for this. Trey Stewart, their fullback, was meant to go over to New Zealand and play, but the Dragons forgot that he didn't have a passport. <laughs> um, yes, um, I will file that under shit that only happens in rugby league lower grades. I think we put that up on our page, too. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Uh, Ryan Couchman, Toby Couch with the pick of the bunch for the Dragons in that game. For the for the for the Waz, uh, Malala Graham Taufa was pretty good along with Ronald Volkman. Uh, Knights nineteen, Panthers eighteen. Panthers were a little bit depleted. And Adam Clint field goal in the seventy seventh minute sealed victory. Uh, good signs from Isaiah Longy, the young fullback. Uh, Fifteen all draw between Wests and the Canterbury, and Canterbury played a pretty stacked team, and were held to a fifteen all draw. And I put out on Twitter this week that. Even though teams might appear to be lopsided, all that matters in New South Wales Cup is a bit of ticker and passion. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's a prime example of it. 
We've seen some big monumental upsets in the past. Like you look at that Hunters, that Hunters one in particular. That was a bit of an upset. A 15-all draw here against Canterbury, who I think have been top of the table all year in that competition as well. So another good result there. Um, and get a feel the strong side because of the Bulldogs buy in the NRL. True, true. Uh, let's take a look at some of the best. Uh, Israel Logden, the fullback, did good. Atasi James is good. Tuki Simkins, Justin Manamua. For the Bulldogs, uh, they need all the help they can get. Uh, no one of note really standing out. Like, looking at the stats, only Corey Waddell and New Brown ran over 100 metres in the forwards. However, it was nice to see Bailey beyond the Odo return. Uh, he yeah. sustained a horror knee injury in the finals last year. Worked incredibly hard. Good to see him back on the field, mate. Yeah, exactly. It's um, always a great story to see players back on the field. Um, it's where they it's where they belong, where they deserve to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Odo is certainly certainly one of those guys that you know you just love to see around the field. He's always someone who plays with that bit of passion, bit of ticker, uh, a smile on his face. Just someone you want to see on the field more often than not. Yeah. Newtown 40, Parramatta 22, big win for the Jets. Although this game was marred by Casey Badger making the biggest tower of 2023. <laughs> I saw this one. How is that given a joy? I think anyone who follows Sotho Dan saw it too because he was blowing the fuck up about it. <laughs> I fuck. I was, I was talking to someone, mates. I saw a clearer version of the vision, vision today. How that was even given on field is beyond me. <laughs> yeah, Zach Sini picked up a try. Uh, Sam Stone Street was good. Kyle Elaw was good. Kai Rodwell was good. Uh, Blacktown being part of South. South won 30-16. No stats in for that game. Clayton Fulalo picked up a hat-trick. And yes, Gordon can come. Tom picked up a try. Hey, not bad. Ella's going to be a happy camper after the news that Nappy White was staying today. Uh, and then finally, Canberra, 30, Roosters, 22. Roosters fielded no one of NRL experience. Oh, I think wow. that's important to know. Wow. Why? They just had no one with NRL quality experience in there, and they only two tries in the last 10 minutes saved Canberra from an embarrassing loss. Fuck you, Boston's. But I think, too, we're using that Roosters team. I said it before, using it as a developmental team. We're using it for a lot of our academy boys and a lot of our flag boys to go up to the next level. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see next season how they all fit when the more experienced reserves also start getting integrated into that team. It will be interesting. Looking at that ladder at the conclusion of round 17... We've got the Bulldogs and Jets on top on 25 each. Canterbury Superior for and against. Norths 22. Penrith and Souths on 20. Warriors and Raiders on 19. Blacktown 18. St. Jillawarra on 17. Uh, West 16. Parramatta 15. Newcastle 12. And the Roosters down the bottom on 10. But do have a buy in play and a much better for it and against. Uh, we Just because of time, we're not going to do Super Coach this week. Uh, we just acknowledge this week's top scorer. I think that's very important. And it was Mother of an Effort, Michael, 1,392. Not bad, mate. Not bad. This week's winners, we'll do that very quickly. We just won't do a big, deep in-cap. Uh, Dan, Reese, Mick, Dylan, Anthony, Luke, Michael, 
uh, Bryson, uh, Dorian, and Jacob. Congratulations to everyone on a big win. Yeah. Updates pending. The one post origin. Okay, it is time for this week's low cow of the week. Merge. I'm going to go first, and it kicks off in the land of Manly, Manly, Manly. And it involves the West Tigers, but this time Manly are being benefited. I'm oh, sorry, the Tigers are being benefited by this. Now, a swap deal has emerged for Tommy Talao. Tommy Talao has been rumoured to be going to Manly for quite some time. But you don't know who they got in the swap race. Who would that be, AJ? The best young 5'8", the best young half in the competition. <laughs> they got Latu Fainu for Tommy Talao. And really ignoring the succession plate for DCE there. Yeah, my manly, my manly mates were not happy in the office. <laughs> I can imagine. They wanted to blow the gasket off the window. Only the window? Only the window. Who have you got, my friend? Well, I'm going to the land of the round ball rock, a.k.a. football, or as we call it in Australia, soccer. <laughs> and I'm going to look at AC Milan, who decided to sell their best player, the Italian stallion defensive midfielder Sandro Tonali, to Newcastle United for a fee of around £70 million. And you might be thinking, that's a fair sale. Well, it turns out the sale actually drove Tonali to tears because he didn't want to leave Milan. It's the club he's grown up supporting. It's the only club he ever dreamed of playing for. AC Milan (laughs) forced out their best player. Imagine, imagine having that as a fan. I wouldn't be able to fathom it. Hardcore stuff, isn't it? Yeah, tough throwing in those Italian leagues. Yeah, but Frendo Mundo, that will wrap us up. Yeah, thank you for having me as usual, AJ. We got to vent even, out our team's frustration. Yeah, I was going to say, even, even on the weekend, both our teams died again. <laughs> <laughs> we'll catch you for our look at round 18. Take care, everybody. All right, bye, guys.